Luke chapter number 18, verse number 10, it says, Two men went up into a temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank Thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week, I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Verse 14, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Let's pray. Father in heaven, God, we thank you and praise you for this service that we've had tonight. God, for the good congregation singing. Lord, for the good special singing by our young folks. And God, I'm thankful. Lord, I think I counted 14, uh, uh, maybe a little bit less. We're missing a couple. Maybe in my mind I was picturing them there. God, but I'm thankful, Lord, that we've got a good crowd of young folks. And God, by all accounts, Lord, they love you. Lord, they want to serve you, and they want to be with you, and God, we thank you for that. God, we pray now that you'd let us as a church and in the parents here, Lord, to continue to bring them up in the nurture and in the admonition of the Lord. God, we pray that you'd help us as we preach tonight, and God, as we preach on this giant of pride. And God, you know in my own heart, Lord, that it's been, it's been a struggle. God, it's been a, a giant in my life, and God, we pray that the things that I've learned... Lord, might be a benefit to someone else tonight. God, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I've read this before. I've preached out of this passage before. And every time I do, I feel like verse number 11, I feel like we can't find a whole lot wrong with what he's saying until the very last phrase. He does a pretty good job. Pharisee does a pretty good job. He says, he stood and prayed, God, I thank thee, nothing wrong with that. That I'm not as other men are. I guess that could be questionable, but still, I, Brother Deke, I pray, Lord, I'm glad I'm not a this and like somebody. Else. I don't, I don't know if there's anything wrong with it. He goes on. He says, I'm not an extortioner. I'm not unjust. I'm not an adulterer. But here's where he, the prayer went a different direction. He says, even as this publican, and uh, that's that's kind of this thought that we come into about pride. Now, I said there's nothing wrong with it, but as you go through here and he begins to say, God, I thank thee, I'm not as other men, I'm not an extortioner, but this one kind of kicks me in the, in the gut. He says, I'm not unjust. And I think regardless of how much we, we feel like we may be good, there's, there's something that's going to catch us. There's a catch in every one of them. But he says, I'm not like this publican. I read a story and I've got part of it wrote down. This man and his wife were driving around and uh, they were going looking for yard sales. And as they went from neighborhood to neighborhood and they began to find yard sales, man got back in his car and he looked at his wife and he said, I find it unusual. Every yard sale we've been today, there's been one thing in every one of them. She said, what's that? She said, he said, there's been exercise equipment. There's been treadmills, there's been weights, and now y'all tell me if I'm right. I, I've never been to a yard sale when I hadn't seen, when I haven't saw, when I didn't look and see something resembling some exercise equipment. We 
we think now in our own Christian life and we compare the two, <clears throat> we, my wife and I, we have a gym membership and uh, we do go, or I, I go. She don't really need to go. I go. I need to go. Um, but I don't have any equipment at the house other than some barbells or something like that. But I see these commercials all the time for Peloton and this, that, and the other. And thousands and thousands of dollars. I remember the first commercial I ever saw was probably for Nordic Track or maybe Bowflex or something like that. And man, it showed this old boy that looked like me and before long he was, I mean, he looked like Nick. He was just, he's ripped everywhere. There's an investment that was made. They spent their thousands of dollars. They bought their machines. But the problem is when we go back to these yard sales, they've made an investment. They've bought their machine, they've paid their thousands of dollars, and they look the same today as they did when they bought it because they didn't make use of their investment. And so as we go in that mindset, we have to consider it's one thing to pay thousands of dollars for a machine and remain unchanged. But when Christ made the purchase of you and for me, he did it with a purpose in mind of change. And He doesn't just let us go about our way. He changes us. He works. This morning we talked about that Holy Ghost. He uses that Holy Ghost to convict us, to draw us right and wrong. And I'm glad tonight we can look in Second Corinthians 3, verse number 18. It says, but we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. I'm glad that the change that Christ desires to make in us is not to make us like one another, because we'd still be in the fix that we're currently in. But His desire is to make us more like Him. His desire, I've said this before, I learned it a long time ago. Matter of fact, Brother Dwayne Moore mentioned this. He said, to be a Christian, to be Christ-like is to be a Xerox copy. Some of you older folks, you remember when copy machines came out, the top of the line was a Xerox copy machine. It was the best of the best. I don't know if they're still in business today, but... Even my latest recollection of seeing one, it still made great copies. There was something special about it. Something about those lenses and the toner and everything was top of the line. Brother Dwayne said that to be a Christian is to be a Xerox copy of Christ. Another preacher, missionary actually, he, he came to our church and he said to be a Christian, it means to be a little Christ. He said we are to be a replica of Christ. And, and I long to be a replica of Christ. And uh, I've got in my mind that I'm wanting to do some hand carvings of wood. And while I was in Tennessee, I bought back, brought back a chunk of, of walnut. And in my mind, I, I, I see it. I, I really can see what I'm wanting to make. So I bought some knives and, and there's razor sharp. And I'm wanting to be able to, to take away everything that's not a cup. I want to take away everything of that chunk of wood that's not a spoon. And in order to do that, we take away 
good things. We take away good wood to make something that we desire. And there's a lot of good in us. Y'all hear me tonight. There's a lot of good in us, but it's not what God wants us to be. And so God has to take it off. Whether it's chipping, chiseling, whether it's cutting, living in, in Knoxville, Tennessee, you're going to see a chainsaw carved bear at one point or another. That's just what they do up in the mountains. I guess they get drunk on moonshine and get the chainsaw out and cut a bear out of a tree. I don't know what they do, but what they, they tell you that chainsaw and they, they cut away everything that's not a bear. Or that's not a whatever they want to be. <clears throat> so I just wonder through through these series of messages that we've been in, and now we come to this giant of pride, and we look at this Pharisee praying a seemingly good prayer. I'm glad I, I, I'm not a a sinner in this manner. I'm glad I'm not an adulterer. I'm glad I'm not uh, an extortioner. He says, I'm glad I'm not uh, unjust. But the truth of the matter is, when we get down to that last phrase, and we say, I'm glad I'm not like Him, all of that good that we were just boasting about has revealed our true self. I've, I've got family members... And I've known many people that when they've passed away, they've said, well, they were a good person. They were a good woman. They were a good man. Would give you the shirt off their back. And that's commendable. That's wonderful. (laughs) But there's more to this thing than being a good person. This Pharisee was a good person, otherwise he wouldn't have been a Pharisee. Starting at age five, he learned the history of, of Israel. When he got up to, what is it, age nine, he learned a little bit more in depth. When he got to twelve, he went through his bar mitzvah. When he, when he came on up, he, he, I mean, just from, from early on, he learned the right things. He, he learned all of the history of Israel. He learned God's word. He could quote it. I mean, he, he kept a little bit of scripture on his forehead day in and day out. This is a good man, but he dealt with pride. Now, I know it's probably unpopular to say this, but I wouldn't mind just being like this old publican. Notice what he said. Verse 13, the publican, standing afar off, he didn't even want to be seen. He didn't want to be out there in front of everybody. He he, he said he was standing afar off. He would not lift so much up as his eyes unto heaven. And he smote his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. He didn't mention anybody else. He didn't look nobody else in the eye and say, boy, I'm glad I'm not like him. But he said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. As we approach this giant of pride, and I'll not get very far tonight. I understand that. I'm okay with it. But as we approach this giant of pride, the question this evening is not, does this giant exist in my life? But the question is, where does this giant exist in my life? Some of us in here tonight, we have 
let me rephrase this because I don't. Uh, some of you tonight have a great education and you can boast about that. Some of you are great businessmen and you can boast about that. But you would never boast about other things. You would never boast about something outside of your education, something you've invested money in and time in and, and mental capacity. You, you, you can boast about that, but other things you wouldn't. Some of you are great builders. You can work with your hand and you, you can boast about the things that you've built. I can remember driving around with my dad and he'd go from parking lot to parking lot in St. Augustine. He said, me and your Uncle Raymond paved that driveway. Me and your Uncle Raymond paved that parking lot and this, that, and the other. He could boast about it because he was good with his hands and they worked together with those things. So the question tonight is not, do you have this giant of pride? The question is, where is this giant of pride? And it may be buried deep. may be buried very deep. But given the least little bit, it can rear its head and it can begin to come out. There are many today that remain unchanged, going back to our original thought. Their prideful ways continue. They continue to reflect the power of self rather than the power of Christ. In 1 Peter chapter number 5, verse number 5, very end of the verse says, For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. If we look in our text, I wonder which one was resisted and which one was given grace. Well, verse number 14 plainly tells us that this man, this publican, went down to his house justified rather than the other. So there's a case in point of one being resisted and one being given grace. Philippians chapter number 2, verse number 8, And being found in fashion as a man, we're speaking of Jesus, being found in fashion of a man, He humbled Himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And so if we want to be a Xerox copy of Christ, if we want to be a little Christ, then though we do not have to die on the cross, Paul teaches that we ought to crucify our flesh daily. But I believe here in Philippians chapter number 2, I believe that we can find that example that we ought to humble ourselves and be obedient. We don't hear a whole lot of preaching. We don't hear a whole lot about Humility. We see self-glorification everywhere we turn. No matter what channel you watch, you'll see it. No matter what magazine you pick up, you'll see it. No matter what newspaper, you'll see it. I, I'm not going to call any names just because I don't want to get in trouble. But uh, I get tickled looking through, looking through social media. <laughs> anyway, looking through social media and uh, you'll see somebody and you have seen them smile in person before. And they look so pretty in their smile. But then they have a social media smile. They don't even look like the same person. 
I'm like, what kind of goofball is that? What app did they use to, to do that? There's, there's somebody that I'm wanting to call her name so bad. She don't live around here, so y'all don't crucify me. But I swear, uh, I swear. She don't even look like the same person. And I'm thinking, what, what is that? Well, that's, that's, what did I say? Glorifying yourself. Just look at me. I was talking to somebody the other day about selfies. <clears throat> it's a good, I, I, I feel dirty when I say the word selfie. It doesn't sound manly. And it just bothers me. But, come on. I see folks taking selfies. Self-glorification. Y'all still with me tonight? We're just on page one. We're going somewhere with this. We need to understand that the presence of God cannot abide with our pride. Only in the presence of God can we enjoy true humility. I've been in meetings. I've been in meetings where things begin to happen like they did tonight. And someone would get up and they would try to work it up and, and work it up and make it more than what God intended to be and quench the Spirit just like that. I've also been in churches where God was doing just that and people never said a word. Never said a word, but they quenched the Spirit within themselves. Killed it. Just like that. Why is that? It's because of pride. I'll just speak to ourselves for a moment. What we just celebrate the 35th camp meeting here this past April. For previous years, this thing has been... And I say the word again, this thing has been an oasis in the desert for preachers all across this country for years. For years. I've been in this thing. My first time coming was in the early 2000s. And Brother Joe Arthur was preaching at that point. And I'm telling you, it was just soak it up. Carry, I mean, carry buckets home if you can. Just wonderful. We were down here in 2006, I believe, which I think was the first year Brother Dean McNeese was here. I could be wrong on that, but man alive. Just, I mean, buckets poured out on this place. And one of the things when I first came down here, first camp meeting that I was over was in 2019. And one of the things that I struggled with and prayed the most was not people coming, was not God's presence, it was that I don't try to make it something that it's not. Be- because, y'all hear me, N- no offense, but I'm not John Dent. And I'll never be that man of God. And I struggled with pride. And I struggled with, man, life. Brother John Den has been so successful at this thing for 32 years. I'm going to come in here and I'm going to do this and I'm going to, and I'm going to bring all these other people in and this thing's going to be a success. I struggle with it, Miss Denisha. And I know I'm not alone in this struggle with pride. Do you know what God did? <laughs> before the meeting ever got here, months before it ever got here. 
God got a hold of me. And he took care of that little giant. A big giant. He took care of it. And he just kind of put me on the side. Put me in my place. And God came in here that first year. And just moved. Y'all remember that Wednesday night? Good God. I remember that Wednesday night. Me and that Yankee ran around this building that night. Y'all remember that Wednesday night? That fool was all over this place. He didn't know what in the world to do. And he's standing back there. And I, But David, I talked about running all week long. And I said, bless God, we're just going to do it. I grabbed him on the way out. And we, we didn't run far. But we ran from there to this door over here. We didn't get to have our, our camp meeting in 2020. But we had a revival. And God met with us. It was a much smaller, more intimate crowd. And God moved in that thing. This past year, man, you told me I scared to death. Some fool suggested we have a tent meeting. I was scared about gnats. I didn't know we was going to have a polar eclipse in here, whatever them things are called, on Wednesday and Thursday. Man alive. I think about Miss Mildred. She come in here and she was like this. She was cold as all get up. But we had such a meeting. And I can't remember now. See, the Tuesday or Wednesday, I think it was Tuesday night, that thing went out of the banks again. And I'm so thankful that even though when we struggle with pride, God can take care of it at the right time and He can still get glory over the entire thing. We look at this and we find two men praying. We find a Pharisee praying, a prideful prayer, and then we find a publican. And at this time, one of the worst things that you could be is a publican. And he prayed and he smote his breast, but he said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And so there are two, essentially there were two types of worshipers that day. And even tonight, on the 26th of September of 2021, in every service, there are two types of worshipers. There's two types of people. There's one that will always go away justified before God because they come into the house of God in humility and they seek to be blessed by God and they seek to be a blessing to others. And then the other is the one that is justified in themselves. They, Y'all please, I'm not beating you down. I'm trying my best to hurt you. But there's folks that come on to the, on the parking lot. And they say, I, I, I know I'm not going to need what the preacher has today. And they come in here no matter what the preacher says. And no matter who is preaching. They leave out of here. And they say, I knew I wouldn't need what he had to say. I'm better than that. They get in their car, justified in themselves, and drive away. Y'all following me? Now I'm going to admit something to you. I've been that last one quite a few times. Brother Terry, I study all week long. 
And I have got up on Sunday morning making the final adjustments to everything. And I've said, I don't know who needs this, but I know it's not me. And I preach it, and I think of somebody else that might need it. And the preacher gets in his car and drives away and said, they didn't come. They should have come. And the Holy Spirit says, you're the one that should have come. Ain't no sense in me trying to make stuff up and and make you feel good. I may as well just preach what's going on with me. I can testify about other preachers and other this, that, and the other. But I'm talking about me. I've dealt with this giant of pride. When we read this scripture, we find ourselves saying, in essence, I thank thee that I am not like this Pharisee. Instead of recognizing the picture that Christ is painting. I'm going I'm to hurt your feelings. And that picture is that so often we are the Pharisee. We are the Pharisee. Pride's ultimate goal is to preserve self, to protect self, and to promote self. It may take different forms, but ultimately it must preserve, protect, and promote self. In doing that, it is robbing God of the glory that belongs solely to Him and to Him alone. We have got, y'all help me, we've got Miss Kim that teaches the young folks, right? The little, little, little ones. We've got Miss Denisha that teaches up to 13. When they're 13, they, they were coming into here. Now we have a, a teenage girls class. We have a teenage boys class. Girls, Miss Hannah taught this morning. Thank you, sis. Miss Abby normally teaches it. The boys by Brother Jody. Samuel is, is trying to assist him. He's trying to learn himself. And then we have Brother David that teaches in here. Brother Jody is his assistant. Brother Jody's a busy man. We've got Brother Jim that takes care of the money and does all, keeps it all straight. We've got Miss Denise and her family clean the church. I mean, we can go on and on about people that do things here. And they do a great job. And we can and we should brag on them. And that is acceptable. But when they or we begin to brag on ourselves, that's when we have an issue. When we begin to say, man, I have got this message, when I, I, let me just say, when I've got this message, it's going to make everybody cry. People are going to be calling 1-800, I got the best preacher, and they're going to put it on, online, and they're going to be posting this, and they're going to be doing this, and I'm going to get calls to go preach over in Zimbabwe, and as far as California, and all these other strange lands. You know what I'm doing? I'm trying to rob God of the glory that belongs to Him. I'm going to read this statement again and we're going to stand. Pride's ultimate goal is to preserve self, 
to protect self and to promote self. Let's stand tonight. This evening, that's the introduction of this giant of pride. And I, 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 before we ever get into the message, I want to ask you to do myself, or to do me and yourself rather, a favor and ask that question. Not does this giant exist in my life, but where does it exist in my life? You've got seven days. You've got from now until next Sunday to ask yourself that question. Now, if you're like me, you'll probably find that it exists in more places than you want to admit. But if we can humble ourselves like Christ and be obedient like He was unto death, then I firmly believe that we can find it by God's help. And He can begin to pull that that out of our lives before we ever get to next Sunday. And you never know, if we all do that, you may be able to stand up and say, Hey, preacher, I know you're going to preach about giant of, 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 of pride. Ain't no need to. We all done got our hearts right this week. You can go on to the next one. Now, that may be prideful to say that, so probably better not. But I want us, seriously, I want us to, to take inventory of our life. Investigate our own lives this week. See what God would have us to maybe... Get rid of. See what God wants to get rid of. Leave yourself out of it. Just put yourself on the altar and say, God, here I am. Let me be this vessel. Take away everything that you don't want. Make me what you want me to be.